0: Hey, Scuttlebutt listeners, welcome back, and thank you for joining us. I am, as always, am Vic, and I am uh, really honored to be here with the leadership of the Weapons Training Battalion here in Quantico. I'm here with Colonel Jones, Gunnar Costa. Gentlemen, thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Vic.
0: Yeah, this is great. So, uh, gentlemen, if you wouldn't mind, sir, we'll start with you. If you could just sort of give us a little bit of your background. Uh, where you're coming from and sort of what led
1: you to uh, being the uh, CEO of Weapons Training Battalion. Yeah, okay, so um, just topically the important stuff so you know um, how I got here, as you said, and sort of my own personal insights on marksmanship. Commissioned in 97, did a deployment uh, BLT uh, prior to OIF, uh, l- company commander S3 Alpha, OpsO 017, three tours of Iraq, Last time I qualified on the rifle range was as Alpha 17CO with iron sights, right? So, <laughs> you know, I just got done with Gunner Costa and his Marines today shooting SCO and IR. So, it was v- vast uh, change in capability, and Gunner will hit on, on that a lot. Um, RSCO Battalion Commander at ITBE. So, do have some experience training, entry level marksmanship in the infantry. Headquarters Battalion CO, Second mardev for a, y- a year. So, I've been in charge of a unit in the GCE that's not an infantry unit from an every Marine's rifleman perspective. Uh, last two jobs before coming to Weapons Training Battalion was a G3 and uh, a Chief Staff 2nd Marine Division, and obviously I'm here uh, and, and loving it. Yeah, awesome. Well, welcome.
0: And Gunnar Costa, how about you?
2: Uh, so enlisted in the Marine Corps in 98, um, was a 0351 assaultman initially. Uh, eventually uh, became a scout sniper, various infantry battalions. Um, ran scout sniper school down at uh, SOI East. Um, got commissioned in 2014 uh, as a gunner. Um, various, you know, battalions and and billets with that, and uh, came here to Weapons Training Battalion as the Marksmanship Program Management uh, Section Director uh, in just December of
0: 2019. Okay. And how much longer you got
2: then? Um, Probably at the end of it, probably looking towards uh, summer, fall time frame.
0: Okay, okay. Well, again, gentlemen, thank you so much for being here. Um, So the reason we came in... um, You guys uh, recently did a brute cast Mm -hmm. uh, with uh, Major Ian Brown. Uh, It was extremely informative. We just really want to give you an opportunity to follow up for our listeners who maybe uh, didn't catch
1: that, and also to give some updates, because that was about, what, five, six months ago? Yep, and it was right before we talked to General Iams after the Combat Marksmanship Symposium, so there's certainly some other things to talk about.
0: Yeah, fantastic. Well, just sort of, I guess, as a leveling exercise, um, could you talk to us uh, about the Advanced Marksmanship Program and some of the impetus behind the change? Because I guess, as a further leveling, um, it isn't your... We've, we've had some articles, we had one in particular written recently that sort of made the, leveled the ac- accusation at the Marine Corps that the training that we conduct today would be recognizable by our grandfathers and, and maybe even generations before. So, sure. AMTP, uh, you know, what was sort of, where was the, this, the what was the site that you had that you needed we needed to make this change
2: so a major catalyst i would point to the marksmanship lethality cba uh that was conducted in uh 2018 uh that pointed out some glaring uh gaps in our training and obviously specifically related towards uh, marksmanship
0: and that that equates to lethality
2: absolutely yeah. uh, i'll get into i'll definitely give you yes, our definition <laughs> of lethality shortly because that's a it can be a nebulous term right um But so that CBA really showed, you know, this is what we're doing right now, and this is what we cannot do. Uh, And cannot do was uh, very much some combat conditions that Mm. that replay out frequently. So you're talking about uh, engaging moving threats or uh, Marines engaging while the Marine is moving, Mm -hmm. uh, night shooting, just some basic combat things. like These situations happen. Uh, So from that, you had really the Office of Naval Research and specifically uh, guys with the Naval Health Research Center. Uh, They started, you know, how do we help the Marine Corps? And they fall under this section, I believe it's Code 34, so Marine Expeditionary Warfare. And those guys started looking around for who's doing some novel things with marksmanship. Uh, Simultaneously, a couple of predecessors of mine, uh, they were looking as well. Roads kind of meet, and they find, uh, oddly enough, a young sergeant in the Air National Guard, uh, this guy was running this package of sorts, and it was really uh, it was supportive of like a CQB uh, training course that he was running, uh, but it was all fixated on the marksmanship. What he was doing was novel in a lot of areas. Um, he was pushing the envelope in a lot of areas, but he was really fixating on um, um, incorruptible weapons handling, let's say. And it was regardless of the outside stimulus you're Mm -hmm. receiving, whether that's pain, stress, chaotic environment, confusion, you are going to perform as it relates to marksmanship. And that was pistol, rifle, day, night, right? Um, So over the past couple of years between Weapons Training Battalion and O&R, when working with that guy, we were developing this. The need for it really comes from, um, I would tell you that, like that previous comment, our training hasn't been updated in a very long time, and we had some I would say archaic points of view on how to train to marksmanship. Um, so it was somewhat organic, mm-hmm. and then Force Design Twenty Thirty right comes. Yeah, about, I and definitely want to touch it on it that. It's, yeah. it's 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 almost like everyone's thinking the same thing at once. Yeah, and we didn't all quite have a meeting at the same time. Yeah, it was like,
0: hey, you're gonna be alone and unafraid on this EAB uh, on this EAB. Sure. Uh, and we're going to have a hard time getting you ammo, but we're not going to update your right. accuracy. In so some of the, yeah.
2: with the uh, <laughs> annual rifle call, that was updated, um, and it was several years from a little bit too late. So some of the impetus of marksmanship updating comes from just equipment. Yeah. So the old qualifications was really designed with iron sights, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then you saw once you gave Marines an optic and ACOG, right they started to shoot better yeah so that right you've got this ability now to uh have better results so we should probably up the standards in some capacities increase some of the quote-unquote conditions that we're training you on right so it's definitely taken a while so amtb really aims to do that in a um um, in a a much higher higher fashion let's say
1: i should have mentioned this up front just because we get the, or at least I get this a lot, not, not the only colonel in charge of a battalion with weapons training in the front, but the way weapons training battalion, Quantico, we are special because in our mission statement, we're the service proponent for all facets of small arms marksmanship. And we Everything we do, we obviously run through training command, but we're in charge of two Marine Corps orders, the marksmanship order, and the competition in arms order signed off on by General IAM. So like <coughs> all the stuff that Gunnar's talking about, it's done under that GO umbrella that as of TCOM 2030 that came out last week, he's also now a DC and on the commandant staff, so that that relationship, mm-hmm. you know, the relationship to ONR is hugely important. But the relationship back up to the three star, who's the owner of the TNR manual and the owner of the MOS manual, is super helpful um, because when we run the CMS every year, the Combat Marksmanship Symposium, it's really an OAG like the LAR battalion commanders sure. get together, Recon battalion get commanders get together, and they'll go up to DCPPNO, and now DC O and DCCD and I will go to the Commandant to talk about force design experimentation. We have a similar model where we pull in stakeholders, you know, Paris Island, uh, all the recruit depots, uh, gunners at the FMTUs, uh, Mickey Pack, because there's range-based um, specific yep, issues. Yep. And we just talk about marksmanship. And then so every year, at minimum, we get to talk to General Iams about these things. So then, again, the path, as Gunnar mentioned, found AMTP, but the pathway up to the Know, uh, up to the three-star that that owns uh, the source stocks that will codify this as a requirement really goes from us to General Sullivan to General Iams. Okay. And,
0: and so, gentlemen, uh, and I guess I don't want to go too far back and sort of bog down the conversation uh, with context, but for those uh, of our listeners who aren't aware uh, that there was even a need for change or maybe grew up with just a KD course, sure. I mean, shit, I just learned uh, not too long ago that, like, it's only been since, like, the 70s that infantry officers were had an IOC. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it wasn't that long ago that people yeah. were just leaving TBS yeah, sure. and then going.
2: So, sorry. Yeah, no, please. Think, like uh, yeah. So institutional inertia, right? It mm-hmm. exists. Mm-hmm. I don't care what organization you're with, right? Um, I think once we, uh, we form a group of people towards a common purpose and we figure it out and we like telling ourselves that. Yeah, we just keep doing this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, This is all. Yeah. Do this at this time for this duration. And you got it. Like, let's move on. And so I think it's it can be difficult um, for any organization to do that. Like level of introspection and honest assessment and be like, where do we suck? (laughs) How can we update in the military? Sometimes it can be hard to look outside, whether it's the branch or the military itself. To see, uh, to look and see for some of those solutions that you can pull in, and in this, in this respect, we're talking, you know, marksmanship and um, that could be competitions, right? Mm-hmm. It Could be other branches of service, sure, or like M T V Like we, we can look at that, see, uh, take what's good from it, and then make it our own. But I think that that, you know, th- I think that can just institutional inertia can kind of slow that because we, we already figured it out. This is what we do. That's the standard, and that's it, and keep doing that. Yeah. So
1: what I saw, again, uh, seeing force design sort of up front um, with being the G3 at the division with IBEX Phase 1, and we did a lot of stuff with 1 2, but good connecting files over to the SOIs. The SOIs were talking to the division CGs and keeping them posted on IMC. And as Gunnar sort of already mentioned, when, I, when the Infantry Marine Corps is run by ITB goes from two months to 14 weeks, because we're challenged by the commandant to be elite, again, institutional inertia, mm-hmm. or we believe in our own propaganda, well, we're already Marine Infantry. Yeah, we right. Like, how could we Nailed get better? It. Yeah, we're already How ahead. could we get better? Um, yeah, w- I mean, you can always get better, and Marines certainly should always strive to do it. I think Bru- Kru- Krulak wrote a book that talks about that, <laughs> yeah, right, That's the, uh, <laughs> on, uh, that we're all supposed to have read. So then you get a 14-week course, and now you have room. A ten-week shooting package to do all the things that General talk about as we as we get more nitty gritty into what AMTP is.
2: Days, sorry, sir. What ten did I say? For- weeks. Yeah. Oh shoot! Yeah, fourteen yeah. weeks is IMC. Yeah. Ten, ten days is right. AMTP.
1: But again, when I had ITB at two weeks, I mean you could do some more things in the 311 package, but you, we couldn't have done. 10 days mm. of, of shooting, especially not for uh, all the Marines and, and, and especially the weapons MOSs.
0: Yeah, and I, and I think a part of it too, uh, you know, sort of, I guess, I don't want to say cynic because I, I want to give all respect to the institution and having, uh, you know, had these Marines and, and come back off of a successful deployment and said, you guys are all shit hot. You guys did a wonderful thing. I, I'm still to this day, I'm so amazed at how, the uh, amount of responsibility, and there's such extreme conditions that these young men had to perform under, and so I would, I almost feel as if, in so I mean, having been, you know, three tours, the same thing. When you get back, you almost say, "We did an amazing job. You guys are all amazing," and so it d- that sort of also gets in front of. You're
2: hey, resting on your law, right? Yeah, right. are like sure. uh, Of course we're super lethal. Yeah, it's we hard just kick these guys in the teeth. And that's where, like speaking to the institutional and actually, yeah. like, it's hard to figure out what you're not good at if you've got some wins. Yeah, right? yeah. Right? Yeah, it's hard to dissect yeah. and go, what did I Yeah, like you're saying about, about night shooting. Sure. Like, well, of
0: course we did night shooting. We did it almost every damn day. Right, <laughs>
2: right. Uh, so we just, like, push ourselves to a high degree. But I, uh, the foundation of AMTP is uh, – We've redefined uh, USMC marksmanship lethality. So this definition is going to be the basis for everything that is contained within this package. Can you dissect that a little bit? Absolutely. So uh, we're saying um, Marine Corps marksmanship lethality is the repeatable capacity of a system comprised of an individual, a weapon, and ammunition to rapidly incapacitate an enemy combatant or combatants through a physiological stop likely to result in death so what do I mean? I almost sound like a lawyer speaking. (laughs) Um, So when you look at repeatable capacity of the system, right? um, That means it's not one-offs, right? And you can uh, reasonably expect those results. So consistency is what I'm speaking to there. Um, The rapid incapacitation, I want it now. So I'm not shooting you with cigarette bullets and you're going to die of cancer in (laughs) four years, right? We need this to happen right now. Mm -hmm. Um, The physiological stop, so we're not theorizing, and basically we're going with anatomical science here, I'm not assuming that you will be stopped because I cause you pain, right? So like if I, oh yeah, you shoot him in the shoulder, he'll, he'll be in too much pain, so he's out of the fight, there's, there's not a medical textbook in the world that's going to tell you that that's always going to happen, at least not consistently. So your pain threshold may be different than mine, my arm might not work, and I don't care, and that's the day that I'm going to be a Medal of Honor recipient because I'm going (laughs) to fight through it, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And then likely to result in death because, you know, mission of the Marine Rifle Squad, like to locate, close with, and destroy. It's not to locate, close with, and capture, right? And mildly harass, right? Right, exactly, (laughs) right. So that that definition is the basis of, like, okay, how do we do that? How do we get a Marine to that point? The package itself, um, we have two packages right now. We run what we would call an initial package, and that's to build this new foundation as we see it. And then we have an instructor package, which aims to get you beyond what the students are gonna be that you're teaching, Mm -hmm. uh, and to show you how to teach that. Right. Um, Within the initial package itself, some of the, you know, we're we're not doing anything uh, voodoo witchcraft or anything like that. We're looking for perfect practice. So people say practice makes perfect. That's not true. Right. Perfect practice does. So to take almost uh, an eye towards uh, um, uh, drill, right, you you have to perform the movement, get back, you didn't do it right. right. You didn't do it perfectly, get back again, get back again, get back again. That level of precision is required. Uh, so we do a lot of dry practice, and we show this is the technique, for example, how you reload a rifle at night. This is how it's done oh, by the way, it's not any different than in the day. It's that way. What we're aiming for is to burn that in and what we would call muscle memory. Sure, but Not bro science, mind you. There's science to this. Mm-hmm. So if I want to later on, a higher end goal is you perform well at marksmanship in a stressful environment, given orders, while receiving orders right like there's a lot of things going on mm-hmm. in order to do that and free up that whatever the, the frontal cortex of your brain to make decisions i have to have your motor skill actions uh, just happen autonomously and so that's what we're trying to go for in terms of the marksmanship how you interface with that rifle how you aim with it how you pull the trigger that is not it's like an automatic uh response it's not something that you have to consciously think about you can see when people don't receive a lot of training, doesn't matter w- with what, it, like if we're talking about sports, if we're talking about marksmanship, doesn't matter what it is. They start to physically fumble with the devices when they do not have that motor skill, um, sure. muscle memory.
0: And I, I, I really liked your analogy of driving and drinking coffee, like two things that you're doing independent of one another. And also in conjunction with, and it doesn't take a lot of like.
2: And I brought that up in the previous. It's yes, right, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: I th- yeah. I thought that was very helpful in sort of thinking about why it is that, like we have to sort of drill this stuff in.
2: Yeah, and it's burnt. It's burnt in.
0: Because you've got ten thousand repetitions of having yep. done that.
2: And so everyone, and again, we all know, yeah, uh, yeah, practice. You know, you just keep doing it and get the reps in, and it's good. But again, it's that no, no, you did not do that correctly. Like, nope, get your hand where it needs to mm-hmm. be, feel where that where that's supposed to be, feel how it feels like, right, and go through it over and over yeah. and over and over again. The, the live fire, we have a set of live fire training standards that are more, I would tell you they're more difficult than the test. So the test is like a separate animal. You mm-hmm. don't get to practice the test in the course. You shoot it twice. You shoot it when you show up cold. You get briefed in the course of fire. Here are the safety rules for the range. Do it now. Perform. And you're evaluated, and then we will train you. And then the last time you take the test is on the la- those are the last bullets you'll shoot. You don't get one. And ups, you haven't
0: seen that course of fire yet.
2: Not from day one to day ten. That's yeah. the only times you do it is Got day it. one and day ten. But the training standards are extremely difficult. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the training standards, uh, like short range rifle day and night, quote unquote long range rifle. And, uh, obviously, pistol as well for those who need it. Mm-hmm. Uh, pistol during the day. Night pistol is an equipment issue that we're not ready to solve mm-hmm. right now. Um, <laughs> sorry. But that, um, so those training drills are more difficult than the test because, you know, the old adage, sweat and training bleed less in combat. Right. It's the same way. The test is still difficult, and it's a good test. The training standards are going to get you there. Um, they're a little bit worse.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, it w- it would you would be de- be doing a disservice to the Marines. If you had a training package that was less than what they're going to see in the well, test, and right. then they start failing and, the test, and
2: I'm sure a lot of <laughs> listeners can appreciate this. Like, you know, I'm not super old, but I'm definitely not a young guy, and I definitely I've been in units, you know, late '90s. Like, you PT was practicing the PFT, so th- there's efficacy in practice, mm-hmm. and that's what that is. Is okay. This is what I know. My test is. I am going to run a mock test. That's practice. But training is something else right and that's where we see the advanced marksmanship training program it's it's training right. you're not just constantly practicing this test because I don't frankly I don't care if you get good at the test I don't I care that you can shoot and have lethal effects on your worst day when your brother you brothers see a left and right are dying someone professionally trained is trying to kill you you have a mission you have all this stress and you have to shoot that guy in the head at 300 meters that's what I care about right, right? Um so that's what the course aims yeah, to and do. You, and
0: you don't have the time to, like, get the windage.
2: No, do it now. Lay down a carpet yeah, perform-
0: so that you don't get your elbows grinding. No, performance,
2: <laughs> performance on right. demand. Right. Um, the other part, um, one other part with the standards is we do not uh, decouple speed from accuracy. So what, let's call it legacy training. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't matter where you go. Typically when you're trying to train marksmanship at scale, they will have a ceiling for time. Right, you may just have uh, do this within. 60 so, like seconds. the
0: the the KD course that we all grew up with, that t- that bad boy is going to be up, but it's going to be up for a while while yep. you try to figure out where y- how you're shooting, and you've got a cap of how many times you're going to be able to shoot at that thing. It's going to come down eventually, but Which it's a damn long time. So
2: right now, just and I'll I'll dovetail back to my point here. The um, so recruits and lieutenants, student lieutenants, they still shoot tables one and two because it's a good introduction into marksmanship, right, for the kid off the streets. Mm-hmm. And then for sustainment, annual uh, rifle qualification, that's what, once you're in the, you know, y- you're no longer an entry-level student, you're a full-fledged Marine, right, you're mm-hmm. in the FMF, you're now, that's what you'll do, and that's good. AMTP aims for, well, who whose main mission is to kill people for a living? We're looking at the infantry probably need to give them a little bit more that's not saying we're taking anything away from anyone else but we're recognizing that is your primary function and and if you go to i don't know whatever the mos is if you have an mos that's primarily you know deals with a computer right beyond sending emails and making a powerpoint that marine probably has a really good computer Mm -hmm. and i hope that they do right because they need it whereas lance corporal costa Who's in an infantry battalion? Sure. Yeah, I don't really care how his computer's looking, like, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Like, what I care about is how well can that Marine shoot?
0: Absolutely. Yeah, and I, I, I this point definitely resonates with me because as we were uh, shifting from you know a very infantry-centric uh, employment of forces uh, in Iraq as an AM tracker here's your sort of core competency stuff, but as soon as we can even get a check in the box, here's the infantry TNR. <laughs> start getting familiar with this because this is what you're gonna be doing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely appreciate that uh, the guys who are going to do this every day need to have this extremely high level of proficiency. For those of us who may be coming in to augment or reinforce or whatever, here's where you need to be. It's And just understand it's going. The proficiency level is going to be a little bit less.
2: And we've um, this that's not a novel idea either, right? Um, we've we've seen that recently in recent years, uh, in terms of equipment, right? Sure. Yeah, we have to equip them differently because they have different requirements.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So
2: if you're if you're going to storm this city and clear it out, clear and zone, you might need different stuff as opposed to someone who may be charged with. Hey, we need you to provide security in this rare area, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And it's not better or worse. These are just requirements right. as defined by your mission, right? Right. right.
0: Well, one of the things too uh, that I definitely wanted to get into because you'd ar- you know you'd mentioned a few things about um, obviously the the, the training um, and some of the changes. Before we get in, I guess the specifics of the training. One thing I wanted to reinforce because I th- I think that's an it's an important thing for people to understand is that this isn't just because someone empirically felt like their marines or they themselves weren't um at a high enough proficiency level this is scientific data driven analytics that have led. can you talk a little bit about i guess what went into the development of this i mean you did mention that you sort of that uh those who came up with sort of scoured the dod to find this Air National Gar- Guard sergeant, um, what was he doing that resonated? And then once all the big thinkers started to break down what he was doing, what, what fed into? So sort he of here's Rowena how
2: her. two tests were conducted. Let's say that um, they were known as the General Mental Skills Training. That was just the moniker uh, given to it. Um, one was in 2018, and then a second one that was much more thorough was executed in 2019. And that was with one of my predecessors, um, uh, the um, former Gunnar Vigiani, um, but that was with, um, again, he was the director of MPMS, and O&R. So the same guys that, you know, they also founded, these are the guys they organized this test. Let's run some Marines through this, right? And we do pre- and post-test measurements. And they also did the CQB portion, so they did, like, basically three weeks. And they they pre- and post-test them, not only on the marksmanship uh, training standards, but also in CQB scenario, right? Very, like, unknown environment. Like, good luck. Here's your, like, yep, there's threats in the house and there's non-threats. Here, but, like, have Clear the honest. building. Right, and they did it with, like, systems and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and where they take that data, that's where you can see a exponential improvement in terms of performance. So I'm not just speaking, yes, they obviously shot more accurately, and they shot faster, right? Speed and accuracy. They did that, and it was amazing. But they uh, shot placement also changed. Meaning, once they, uh, when they were in the shoot house, like the quote-unquote pretest, I can't remember the exact numbers. The vast majority of shots taken were aimed center mass, because mm. that's what we're trained we do, to yeah. do. But, mm-hmm. Right now, what happens when um, enemy has armor on? You you have a problem, center mass. Not to go keep um, to keep diving down some rabbit holes, but. Uh, rapid blood loss, you can have upwards of 15 seconds of cognitive life in you, performing actions. So what I'm getting at is, so now you gotta go to the brain box. What you saw post-testing, 90 some odd percent of the shots taken were taken on the enemy's face. And the accuracy and the time was all through the roof. So that's where they collected data and said, we found something. Like we actually found something, this is real. I think we got lucky and uh around um after that test was done st- all the gunners started talking about it really and then you saw imc start to come online and it was like we need to modernize the infantry and like overhaul it we need we need them to be more lethal in a lot of regards and that's where O and i was able to um provide that to, at the initially at the time it was with soi east only during testing um and they were collecting all of that data in those brains. Same kind of thing, pre-test, post-test. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let's see what your performance is before you're trained. Now, um, once it's completed, where are you? Um, and then you see the results are just absolutely exponential. Um, but as far as us identifying, you know, um, uh, quantifying, this is – This is, you know, how bad we are, so to speak. All of that's in that robust capabilities-based assessment. I wouldn't be able to paraphrase it down to you. I can tell you some elements of it. But it exists. It absolutely exists. It absolutely exists. That's
0: important. That's important to to tease out. Um, And then, so I guess, could you get into, I guess, not to bog us down with some of the minutiae, but, like, what is it that we are seeing differently differently? in like varying distances different I'll give, you, I'll y- give yeah. you an example There's
2: yeah. a training standard and we'll see guys they will routinely do this towards the end uh, this is not the test the test side note is known as the infantry marksmanship assessment um, but for the training standards with AMTP one of the things we have them do is in a time limit of 12 seconds from standing to prone um, and this is let's say during the day your optic will be set on one power magnification you'll have a twelve inch steel target at three hundred meters. Inside of twelve seconds you gotta hit it. Standing the prone. So you are standing up, the buzz of beeps, you gotta get down on the prone. If you decide to magnify in, which you probably have to, you power it all under the clock and you fire until you hit it. You you gotta do that three times. So that that equates to a headshot at three hundred meters. Mm-hmm. And I'm making you do it right now three times. If you don't meet that time in those three iterations, you failed. I don't care that you did it twice. I care that you did it three times. Right. Right? Um, That's just one training standard that's an example. Nighttime, the only thing that's different from that is the target gets a little bigger, and that's equipment issue. It gets to be a 12 by 24 target. It's what's known as a BC zone steel. It's shaped, it's like a silhouette of a small human. Okay. But it's uh, 12 inches wide from the head down to the bottom, it's 24 inches. Same thing though. Standing to prone, the laser is off. You have 12 seconds to hit that thing. Do it now and do it three times. Um, obviously, each iteration restarts the clock. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah,
0: um, is it sort of a median? or
2: One shots, um, so let's say just to take it down in the close bay, rifle at the low ready, uh, weapons on safe, buzzer goes off. Uh, we want to see a shot within an 8-inch circle from 7 meters away. Uh, we want to see that in uh, one second, one second or better. Um, And so if you heard me say earlier that typically when we do marksmanship, we just make this ceiling time. The difference is one second into an eight-inch circle is extremely difficult. Sure, And not once, three times. And then that – so during the day, during the night, there's no difference. It's the exact same thing. Your aiming device changes. Mm. You're not looking through the scope now. Right. You're using a laser. But so that's just like a – from the quote-unquote long end to the short end, that just gives you a snapshot of – what they can do coming out of there, what they can do showing up, it's I've n- I have not seen uh, I have not seen anyone pass I'd say even twenty five percent of the standards upon showing up and we've had we've had um, students from we've had the captains uh, some of the captains at IOC we've had MASOC operators I've had uh, uh, dozens of gunners go through so we've got a smattering. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Of experiences uh, we've had some guys from uh, the Marine Corps shooting team but you y- the standards are difficult enough that you're not it, it's very rare that you're gonna see somebody pass them on pretest it's just not it's not quite there yeah afterwards that starts to go up through the roof yeah <laughs> I hope so uh,
1: just to, I mean hammer on some Gunner's points and things we talked about before is there is some emotion as you alluded to tied to this like w- you w- we went through the long war you know what my Marines weren't weren't good enough, and I and Gunnar really hi- is hitting it on the head, you know. And from standing to prone, um, uh, adjust adjust the uh, the magnification or scope. Well, un- until we had the SCO, that was not a thing that an O311 could do. So as we get the great technology the IR, the SCO, the PVS31 Bravos, these night vision goggles have a thermal SL3 device on them, right? So when we when we have that technology, we can train to a higher capability. And then some of the technology of the gunners, talking about a shot timer, Bluetooth to a phone or a pad with a database on it that automatically collects the score and, and gives you the hit factor, which is speed divided by uh, accuracy. Th- these are just tools that mm-hmm. the Marine Corps didn't have when we were all growing up. So it was n- since we have the technology and the tools, thanks Commandant, You know, thanks ONR, thanks yeah. CGTCom, like we, we, we would be wrong not to drive the training in the direction that Gunnar and the battalions taking. So,
2: so w- it's also modernized how we collect and and score training. So this is well what the colonel's speaking to is called the Joint Marksmanship Assessment Package, and it's basically software that when I developed and gave it to the Marine Corps, um, and it allows for the scoring of complex marksmanship events such as this uh, to be basically near automated. It's an electronic scorecard, but it computes it all immediately. It's Bluetooth to the timer. It's absorbing that. So we're not going to end up in we figured it out. We're good because we can constantly and immediately analyze. So I can tell you just when you're taking the IMA, if you didn't do so well at a drill, I can tell you why. And I can tell you why beyond, oh, you just weren't accurate or you weren't fast enough. I can tell you where you weren't accurate like in your string of shots Mm -hmm. which one you did you throw out which one were you maybe you were um, your split times times between the shots maybe that's where you're slow and then as an instructor I'm trained to a high degree that I can sit there and say this is what's causing that I've been with you for X amount of days I know you this is what you're doing man and this is how you fix that you can isolate the problem and you can fix it and then again programmatically we can analyze that and say, "What do we need to do that's better? How can we improve?" And we have all of this data, right? Right. right. So, it's definitely helped us in a lot of ways, for sure.
1: Do you want to talk? So that's like the, and I learned it from these guys. That's the micro data. Do you want to talk about what uh, JMAP and all the stuff ONR can do from a macro data and get to CG decision, yeah? So,
2: in the course of IMC happening. Um, uh, O and r was the data collectors, and they and they utilized JMAP uh, for testing the marksmanship training that IMC would do—the Infantry Marine Course. If I didn't say that uh, in the course of that, so they would show the the JMAP data that shows your micro data and your macro. Your macro would be just your cumulative score, represented by as the colonel said, hit factor—points so divided by time—equates to how many points you get a second. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, then the microdata will go through that even further and be like, you know, what were your splits time? What was the time to the engagement of your fourth round, right? Where did you hit the target in the head on this drill? Things like that. Right. They also have a basically an algorithmic simulation. It's a Monte Carlo simulation, if you're familiar with those. But they'll take that microdata collected from JMAP and they run it through this model that basically, um, at the individual level, they'll take your data and they'll take mine data. And we fight, and we fight two hundred thousand times, and so they it acts as if like you are my target and I'm yours. Who wins? Because if you just do scoring, like hit factor scoring, is very much a competition um, um, scoring model, and it can tell you, it can give you a cardinal direction, but it doesn't tell a complete story. Microdata helps in that, but at the end of the day, you can just be looking at a, a page full of numbers. It's like, what does it all mean? Well, you run it through the spear model, and it means that he wins 87% of the gunfights, or he wins 90-something percent of the gunfights. In the course of this testing, that's how they really validated AMTP. Because um, each SOI was, you know, hey, they're given the task. You mm-hmm. can modernize, innovate, see what you to come up with, and then we're going to figure out which one we're going to go with for everybody. So uh, one coast is doing AMTP. The other coast was not. And then in the collection of that data, when they analyzed it, the Marines who received AMTP were um, um, constantly destroying the ones who didn't at the individual level as well as the squad.
0: And this goes back to the analytics part. So you're yeah. there's data collection put into a simulator, yeah. and then yeah. quite literally the simulation fights each other. Right,
2: right. <laughs> and what yeah. it, it stands, it's an acronym, uh, SPARE is speed, precision, executive control, adaptability, and risk exposure. So what we're getting at there, we also apply that as a methodology in terms of training. So if you're doing marksmanship training, you need to be measuring speed and precision. Again, accuracy and time, right? You can't decouple them. Um, Executive control would be how well, let's say you follow instructions, right? If I tell you this drill, two to the chest and one to the head, right? Mm -hmm. You have to exercise some level of executive control to accomplish that. Uh, Adaptability is where I'm stacking tasks. Maybe I'm telling you um, shoot six rounds in the chest conduct a reload shoot one in the face right, or four in the face mm-hmm. or something um, that's you have to apply you have to be adaptable right because you're stacking all these tasks and then risk exposure that's where from the instructor perspective it's kind of it's how we'll teach you uh, to quote unquote attack the drill because there are things that you can do that if it was a real gunfight, uh, exponentially increase your chances of winning meaning if it's a shooting on the move drill People who aren't trained have an inclination to start moving for several steps before they engage. Getting closer, right? Mm -hmm. In a gunfight, that doesn't work that way. He who shoots and hits first wins. So it behooves you to start moving and shooting immediately, like right away. So I'm going to teach you how to minimize your risk exposure by the way I tell you how to attack.
1: That's fascinating. Yeah, I just love when Gunner says all this, and then go back. You know, he said earlier, "bro science." Like, so literally, bro science. As I've come to learn, is like, I'm a colonel. I got some deployments, and you know, and he's a Gunner, and he's got some deployments, and we just sit around, and we're in charge of the marksmanship order, and we just change stuff. No, (laughs) this is like Mm -hmm. real science tied to O and R with real human performance scientists figuring this out and making the best decisions that this group can for the service, and in the case of AMTP, for the infantry community.
0: And, and reinforced by experimentation. Oh yeah, absolutely. Right. But that's a huge thing. I mean, there's so much churn right now with all of the – I mean, let's just start with General Neller saying, we're not ready for the next fight. Yeah. Um, and we're on a glide slope, depending on what side you sit on, whether it's going to be successful or not, but we are making a change. Uh, we are adjusting to meet that very clear need. Um, one of the big criticisms has been the lack of experimentation, but that is not the case here. No, no not no. at all. Yeah. And,
2: that's, and th- the experimentation um, for IMC was obviously broader, right? It wasn't mm-hmm. just fixated on the marksmanship, but this is obviously mm-hmm. what we're here to talk about. Yeah. So yeah.
0: It, and we alluded to it a little bit, too, is, is that it, this seems to be nested within a lot of, of the different um, – sort of campaign or the, the, the uh, operational vision of sure. Marine Corps leadership as we're talking about logistics and contested environments, yeah. EABO. So when you, dive, Fortis- in yeah. when
2: you d- dive into that, um, I think um, I'll summarize it in the way that I see it all is, you know, your average rifle company, rifle platoon, they're going to be in sustained combat operations. So gone are the days of being a fobbit. Right, right. Going out for a few hours and coming back, those are gone. Go to your
0: can, right? eat from the defect. Right.
2: Those, <laughs> those days are probably gone. Um, so as it relates to marksmanship, you need to shoot better um, for, I mean if, if for a million reasons, but for one, logistics. Mm-hmm. You, you said it. Right? You have this amount of bullets. I don't know when I'm going to get you more, so please make them all count. (laughs) Right? Right? Make them all count. Pretty please. Yeah, Yeah. we can't. We're not death death blossoming, as they say. Yeah. You got to make headshots, like as much as possible. Make headshots, destroy the central nervous system, and put the lights out. And you still have, oh, you you did that in two shots. Great. You got 28 more rounds in your mag. Right. Let's see if you can make that 28 dead enemy. Right, and,
0: and and honestly, we we just spent two decades where overwhelming firepower meant going up against potentially just someone in a dishdash, mm-hmm. um, or maybe some something that they acquired, you know, over the you know, uh, over the internet. Yeah. Um. Now we're talking about we're talking about great power competition and near peer. We're talking about body armor and folks that are used to using it mm-hmm. and wearing it correctly. Uh, and employing their forces who are training we, we've with
2: We've it. got a, one thing I would say in, in my combat deployments, I never had to look up,
1: right? Yeah, right. yeah, that's a good point. No, that's yeah, a, a fantastic yeah, point.
2: Yeah, never had to. So there's going to be a lot of problems that just the average rifle squad is going to have to deal with. In our part here, Weapons Training Battalion, if we can um, – Eliminate um, your your requirement to focus <laughs> on <laughs> one thing, right? I, I You don't have to focus on shooting because you just do it. You know how to do it. You can do it. Doesn't matter the situation. That'll free your brain up. Figure out something else. Deal with that UAS, right? Deal with this. You, your communications are being jammed. Don't wor- yeah. Quickly shoot that guy in the face and then deal with right. the, the major problem.
0: Right. right. Um, and I think too, it it seems to speak a lot to the confidence so uh, i guess going back to you know, what we were talking about with the long war is is that the confidence in a lot of units seem to come from their time it, it, it's, sort of, it's sort of hindsight confidence is that yeah we did the work up but when we went over there we really kicked ass sure now it seems like we're getting ahead of that cycle and marines i don't know are they coming out of this because you've had a few iterations of this now right like sure. uh are marines coming out of this feeling like I don't know what's going to happen, but when I get there, I know I'm going to kick ass.
2: I will, I will uh, so uh, two degrees of separation, right? But from regimental gunners, because um, point of clarification, when MPMS, Web Stream 10, when we train guys, we're really training NCOs and above. So we're certifying the instructors at the SOIs to run this, right? We've trained some of the IOC instructors, mm-hmm. and we're starting to train some FMF uh, NCOs and staff NCOs right now. So the SOIs are in the trenches, and they are training those entry-level Marines. So my information is secondhand. Uh, but when I've talked to those regimental gunners, some of them have talked to those Marines, those privates that show up that just graduated IMC, and they talk to them and say, what do you What do you know? What did you learn? What do you think you do well? And unequivocally, the, the one common theme is those Marines say, I know how to shoot. The, I know how to shoot, and they say it confidently.
1: Yeah, and just you know plug-in for TCOM 2030 page 5 infantry infa- entry-level training um, talking about IMC students entering FMF more competent able to analyze critically debrief training evolutions but specifically the marksmanship with dramatically higher weapons handling and employment skills than have been achieved in the past so it's uh, this is a you had the ana- uh, the analytical certainly the anecdotal uh, is out there that this is that this is working. And again, when you know, I, I, it does matter what we're doing, and it does matter how mm-hmm. gunners train it. But ten days, I think C M P tables at I T B, or when you went to Iraq or Afghanistan a sentcom requirement, it was like two days. So yep. more time doesn't always equal better, but more time training, like t- you know Tom Brady or some other professional perfect athlete, practice, perfect yeah, practice. perfect like practice it's, it's for is sure. going to make you that much better this isn't a fam fire no no (laughs) right and CMP tables oftentimes were a fam fire did did we pass did we even score i mean everyone was trying i mean i was trying and all the time as a CO, a company commander battalion commander to do the best i could we i mean we just didn't know any better i went from iron sights on m16 to getting the rco and i'm sitting there getting ready for shooting the next day you know me exo company gunny I'm trying to put a mechanical zero on the thing, and realize that didn't work. I was like, "Hey, okay, so I think it went <laughs> down like 230 clicks. I broke this. Uh, <laughs> can you fix that and give me another one?" He's like, and he's a naval academy guy, so he's reading the TM, but like, and there was no magnification. I mean, I had standard magnification. We had PVS 14s. I mean, this is just a, a better. I mean, I'm. I'm. This isn't even biased as the CEO. I mean, I've only been here seven months. Just as a professional, mm-hmm. this is some of the best training with some of the best equipment that I've seen in 20, almost 26 years.
0: Yeah, I, I'm really enjoying hearing the, uh, how uh, intentional Yeah, a lot of this is. And not to say the stuff that we did wasn't. I, obviously, to be good time constraints, we had those yeah. for units that yeah. are literally, you know, working up as soon as they're o- off their post-deployment 96. But at the same time, like even when we had PSOs, we had uh, these uh, MTUs within the major subordinate commands. Still, your sort of metric was, look at how many holes are in the target. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, it
1: was. It's true. Literally. Yeah. And then yeah. that equated to a score, and you had enough time till everyone on the firing yeah. line was done generally. Yeah, so and you, you did your ammo expenditure report,
0: and everyone yeah. had ten fingers, ten toes, man. That's great training. Sure. And
2: yeah. it's um, it's a holistic update in marksmanship training, and I say that from – all the way from everything we talked about, right? It's got difficult training standards, but down to the target itself. It's lethality based scoring, meaning mm-hmm. anatomically, when you put bullets in this zone, this is how you kill the enemy. D- putting bullets in that zone, right? Like, are I, I, you hit him in the shoulder? I, no, I don't care. That's, yeah. yeah, that's not helpful. Yeah. Because I can't tell you did not. Ra- there's no assurance that you rapidly incapacitated that guy, mm-hmm. right? So, like, that's when I say it's a holistic update. So, we're using different. Uh, techniques to collect the data, right? The targets different, right? And then the training me- methodologies are drastically different.
0: Oh, especially yeah. you are talking moving targets. It's like, yep. well, I hit him in the shoulder. Wh- did you?
2: Yeah, we've got <laughs> um, we've got that. We think I and doubt. Uh That also was a gunnery symposium output. Um, that should be, we should be dealing with that in the infantry, um, the infantry T and R, uh, CCRB, which I believe is in June. Um, but my section ran a test again with O and I. Um, and we, we took what we trained during the AMTP initial package and we did a test with postgraduate MCT Marines and was like, let's see what we can do. In short, I'll tell you that we'll get them hitting targets over 300 meters away, um, moving 10 miles per hour. Wow. That's fast. And yeah. why was it 10? Because that's as fast as the robot goes. Yeah. True story. But, but and, and, and to be clear. They don't know they are. St- they don't know the speed of the target before they would step up. We taught them how to determine their lead under exposure. And for those uh, listeners that are writing things down, the exposure um, zone was um, it was perpendicular to the line of sight and it was about thirty meters. So you're talking about seven seconds ish uh, of exposure time. So this wa- so buzzer goes off, boom. The marine doesn't see the target. His, his face was covered up essentially. It would, you know, cover comes off, mm-hmm. target's moving, it's in the engagement zone. Kill it now from a braced kneeling. Oh. So, at any rate, sorry, no I kind of went down a rabbit hole. No, I, I appreciate yeah, that. This we're show's we're all about it, rabbit holes. We're, <laughs> we're attacking it. We, we are attacking all of these problems kind of listed in the CBA, and it's and AMTP seems to be the right uh, the right compass to use to yeah. find a way out of uh, su- uh, bad situations. So.
1: Yeah, and then technological advance. We can get at that because – General Iams Tcom obviously with a lot of help from Ciscom, purchased teammates, trackless mobile infantry targets. They're, they're robots. Mm-hmm. It's like a pop-up target on wheels. And yeah. they, when we've we've used them with uh, 0203 students, we've uh, you know did a live fire IA drill. Contact left, break contact, and as they're breaking contact, live fire, the robots are maneuvering on them. Right. So it's just there's just it's just so much different than when we were coming up, and it's not a; it's just different. It's yeah. not a good or bad difference, right. and the service is, is really, I think, okay. doing a good job paying a, attention to the technology that we can get to enable infantry training, which yeah. we just didn't have when I was coming up.
0: No, that I, that's really reassuring because there's so many times where we do get into this, well, one, there's the, you know, the, well, this is how we always did it sort of mentality, but then two is, is that, well, it's too hard to try to implement these, new, these sort of off-the-shelf technologies
1: into our training plans. Um, so yeah, it's still it's still a pain in the our it's still problematic. But I mean, I you know like everyone that I talk to knows and understands that we're trying to trying to keep keep doubling down on on, right. uh, on finding the best the best thing. And, and again, TCOM 2030 talks a lot about doing this and, and continuing what 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 uh, not just us, but a lot of people in training yeah. and TCOM have done. You know, more, better, quicker, kind of, thi- kind of thing. But the acquisition—I'm not an acquisitions guy. It's, it's still probably going to be problematic. But certainly, just as we're talking here through SCO, IR, PBS 31s, the robot targets. I mean, we it's just—it's been, been huge and, yeah. and quick. I think problematic and acquisitions are synonymous. Yeah, but right. you know, yeah, yeah. kind
0: yeah. of redundant there. But yeah. one of the I guess one of the questions I have though, and just thinking about you know, say a stand-in force or even an expeditionary advance base. You will have uh, Marines who aren't O3s within the WES. Yeah. Yeah. What does this look like? Because most of what we've been talking about has been an infantry-centric sort yeah. of model. Are we looking at sort of a train-the-trainer for these major support commands MTUs? I know there's a lot of acronyms no there. No, no, no,
2: so where, yeah, where it sits right now, um, so CG, Training Education Command, Lieutenant General Iams, um is having us look at what can we uh, strip out of AMTP and give it to MCT, right? So there's testing yeah. going on right now,
1: literally um, next week. Yeah. Oh like wow. Okay. Us and
2: uh, SY East really um, looking at that um, and trying to see what can we give because we know, you know, there's some, there's a lot of um, constraints and restraints, right? So sure. It's not you can't give everything, right? And you probably don't have to, as we just said before. Um, but what can we do and measure? How does it actually improve their their capabilities? So that's underway yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, further efforts is definitely, we gotta really start pushing it out to uh, infantry leadership in different uh, forms, different capacities. Um, I see that as really an AITB. Uh, and that's not to say, you know, you run the 10 day package in the right. infantry unit leaders course, but it's something, right? Like maybe they get briefed on, this is what the Marines are learning. Mm-hmm. This is how you set up this range. Here are the procedures. This is how you facilitate this training because they need to sustain the capability that the infantry privates are getting right now. Yeah. Right? This is, I always say this, it's a first-world problem. So this is true probably throughout several other skill areas in IMC. You have privates that are trained better than their staff sergeants. Mm -hmm. We should not look at that as a bad thing. It's a good thing. It is, yeah. It's a first-world problem. and In some regards, it's going to take a generation to completely wash out, right? So when private Costa finally becomes staff sergeant Gunny Costa – then you're not going to have to worry about right. what the leaders know, right? But until then, yeah. right, we probably got to start introducing leadership in some way to uh,
1: AMTP. So agreed all. Um, and obviously Gunnar talked through the MCT testing. So just plugs for, as I talked about, like, what the battalions responsible for. So ARQ is new. I think, well, it's not new. I mean, I think most people are tracking that. But that started out. October? October Is that when that we We've first? done it on about a year and a half now. Oh, is that Okay. Yeah, that's okay. been yeah. running for a bit. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. that's out there. That comes from the CBA and a lot of testing Gunnar talked about, like, Commander sergeant majors i also run rifle range for the ncr use your quotas right S- seriously use your quotas competition and arms program send your marines and we've actually had really good attendance right. at marine corps marksmanship competitions this is your, the first this year is the first year that we've added teammates in a in a, in a training package to shoot at moving targets uh, Mick Mix former division matches they're f- open for ev- everyone um, and we're adding uh, a night competition. A lot of Marines that we talked to haven't shot at night since MCT or TBS. So um, a- and then as the new competition in arms program comes out we we purposely, uh, lo- I, I don't mean lowered the bar to make it easier, I'm um, easier to um, get points in an intramural. We, we lowered the requirements so units, so you could in theory have a staff sergeant lieutenant go out and run a unit intramural, right? Um, which could be, you know, practice for a Marine Corps marksmanship <coughs> competition. We're, we're having to turn people away, right? And so, if you if you got a bunch of folks, I think Ninth ESB in Okinawa, we have to turn people away from. But they're doing their own intramural program, right? So maybe next year, and out in Okinawa, they, y- you know, we only let the, you know, if they continue to do their own intramurals, we only let the best teams. in. so there's multiple, and this is so we talk about like legacy and history. And, and how do we adapt but keep the good stuff? The competition in arms program has been around for a long, long time, sure. right? And I'm not saying that now battalion squadrons don't have anything to do because we're at, like, one to three depth to dwell. There's always plenty of stuff to do. But, again, you know, if, if you want to – somebody's interested in being a good marksman, maybe getting a distinguished badge, or you just, for PME purposes, especially in a non-infantry unit, and you just want to compete, you know, talk to the Marine Corps uh, shooting team, Get a hold of them and figure out how to do it. Um, and, 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 again, we're, we're trying to make it easier for folks to do that. But going back to EABO out in uh, uh, McFar East, out in Okinawa, you know who won the team competition? Just guess what unit won the t- uh, team rifle and team pistol competition. Mass Cab. MASS, Mass 2. Oh, Mass no two. kidding. Yes, MASS 2. And they shot really well. And then you think about an EAB and a sensing EAB that, you know, out there with CAC2S ex- extending the air aviation command <coughs> and control bubble for the mall commander. We got all this great infantry package in the infantry, or, you know, for a DASK-like element. Are you dumping an infantry battalion on that to secure them? Absolutely not. Logistics, f- um, you know, physical, electromagnetic signature. Yeah. So as we work through, you know, as we work through what parts and pieces um, uh, AMTP we push over to MC MCT uh, to increase those ARQ scores. Um, d- I think this is the type of mentality that we have. We'll continue to do these things, but. You know, also too, uh, I think on uh, unit commanders' levels, wh- what what historical programs do we have um, to to get Marines out there continuously uh, shooting? And they they, the Marines, they love it. I mean, they for they sure. Do. I mean, that's what
0: you damn raise your right hand to do. Yep. I mean, if you're joining the Marine Corps, it's kind of yep. kind of go part and parcel. Um, and I, uh, but I think both of you brought up some really interesting points. I think one is, and I think it all just sort of comes down to for those leaders who are listening. Clearly, white space on your teep is at a premium. Oh, yeah. Um, so to sort of pick up and, 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 you know, sort of block off a 10-day thing for even a small portion of Marines is not necessarily the easiest thing to do. But to take advantage of some quotas, working, you know, w- just thinking outside of the box rather than having just sort of a default setting. Like, I don't have the time. I'm not going to be able to do this thing. And then when you hear these some of the success stories coming out of non-infantry units, you know, it's really promising. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, d- and to go to Gunnar's point about, you know, how the junior Marines coming in are better trained than some of the more senior leadership uh, and how that's a good thing. I think what are you guys thinking about in order to get ahead of that sort of the, the – the declination or the atrophy of those skills? Like, what what are we looking at as yeah, far as sustainment?
2: So this is where um, I always say, like, uh, MPMS's like cycle of operations is uh, research, develop, implementation, and manage, right? So right now, as it relates to AMTP, we're in big I, right? We have to push forward with further implementation into um, uh, into the FMF. Eventually, right, maybe some aspects of the IMA, like it becomes there. and Mm Requirements, right? We got to push forward with that. So, um, those efforts right now, I'd say midterm, we're looking at. We got to establish AMTP, uh, the initial and the instructor course as formal POIs, um, and continue to certify instructors at the SOIs, possibly at the FMTUs. Right? Mm -hmm. We got to make it um, um, sustainable at a larger scale. It's difficult to do, uh, especially on the instructor side.
0: And what about ranges then? Do we are you guys talking to sort of the uh, range f- folks about one of them? Okay.
2: Are. Yeah, one of them we are, and that's not—it's not like a barrier entry or anything like that. They uh, throughput for those units is pretty high, um, pretty high. They've yeah. They've got they've got a pretty robust day job as it is. Yeah. Um, so we got yeah we have to figure that out and like who can help us out in terms yeah because that would
0: really suck you have this great package everybody wants to do it but no bases can support it and it's certainly it and it's
2: and it's not a it's not easy to teach I'll tell you that now. yeah uh, it's really not it's not something um, I think when you know if you water down the staff you're your the watering down is exponentially decreases right I've used the word exponential <laughs> a lot <but laughs> like it exponentially decreases like a shitty instructor is going to teach students in a terrible way how to way. Be, sh- right. shitty tutors, yeah. be shitty shooters. We're all going to be shitty. yeah. And it's and it just keeps getting watered down, and then that resets perception, and it becomes the new normal, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And so then nobody knows what the right answer was anymore because we all saw. Well, it I can imagine it.
0: nobody wants to report that I had over half my unit fail this damn thing, so right. then you start changing the
1: right. criteria of what a success looked like.
2: And then a good um, – yeah, st-
1: yeah, but, I mean, I s- again, don't disagree, but w- we've not heard any stories – for PFCs again, and they've got combat instructors, and 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 they're well trained through. And I mean, they're training themselves now. Yeah, we're not, not hearing from the SOIs that we have a significant increase in attrition because of nope. this harder standard, right?
2: S- so right, yes, yeah, yeah. sir. And so, um, in terms of sustainment, uh, the way we're looking at this is like, yeah, the MTPs you're training, right? And maybe you got to do the IMA say every six months. Yeah. Uh, so again, there's a TNI conference coming up in June. Uh, We'll see what happens with that. But um, it's not designed for you to do – you don't do the 10-day package as a statement. You wouldn't do that. No, yeah, I get that, yeah. And and testing showed that, that you didn't need it. They actually needed about two or three hours worth of practice. Right, because that pretest
0: is going to have much higher marks than they would have just coming in completely unfamiliar with the program altogether, right?
2: So um, you mean the post-test?
0: No, when they first be- so when you get the pretest. So if they've already been through AMTP, now you're doing sustainment training, theoretically your pretest is.
2: I will let you know when that happens. Okay, I yeah. Don't know, right? Yeah. I haven't. So I, I haven't gotten the quote unquote sergeant yet. Yeah. Or the NCO who has been an IMC graduate. So I don't know. Okay. Yeah, how does he do? Mm, that'll be interesting. Yeah. Because yeah. again, in the package, it's, it's somewhat modular, right? Based off your needs. Like IOC does it, they do a version of it. And it's what they feel is appropriate for their uh, student population and what they can deal with in the schedule. Same thing with the SOIs. So when you come to Weapons Training Battalion, you get uh, everything that we have. You get it, like So what I mean to that is like pistol. Mm. Whereas the SOIs don't do it. Why? Because the infantry doesn't have pistols. I'm not saying they should, shouldn't. I'm just right? right. That's the differences in the courses, and it's designed to be modular in that way. Stick to the methodologies. Stick to the material. And like, yep, here's right. your references yep. and what yep. you're looking at. Uh, and the battalions developed those with O&R, and, um, and we'll be okay kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, gentlemen, I, I really appreciate your your generosity and coming down, uh, crossing the freeway, come be with us no, today. Thank you. Um, one question I do have. So this, it, this all seems like uh, really exciting, uh, and I'm really happy uh, that there's the analytics to back up. Yep. Uh, what's on paper uh, what are the other services saying about this I mean this the words got to be getting out right I mean this came from an air air guard unit we I
2: I will tell you that I wouldn't know oh. I've gotten a couple of um, I don't know how to put it to you I don't even want to call them requests I've got a couple of guy knows a guy who's <laughs> with this organization that wants to see and know I um, I get that request more often than not from non-military sources. Oh. Like federal yeah. organizations and mm-hmm. stuff of guys just know a guy and they heard about it and they want to check it out and, hey, can we maybe send a guy through a course? And right. But um, no, I don't, I, I wouldn't know what the other branches know about it or think about huh. it. Huh.
0: Because I think about, uh, you know, was it Mojave Viper or one of the 29 Palms iterations? You know, you always, every now and again you would get an army, you sure. know, soldiers some that come out to want to look yeah. out, check it out, like, oh, man, you guys are really yeah. doing some gnarly stuff. Nothing like that so far? I can't say that. Okay. No, no sir. No, I, I mean, haven't the heard SOIs
2: anything. may have had communications yeah. with someone, yeah. but...
1: Mm-hmm. Well, it's their loss then. But, again, it's I think strong. still, you know, we're talking, you know, it's the history of the service still is. Every Marine Rifleman, We're foc- which we're still continuing to work on and, and a little bit more focused on making the the infantry Marine the best possible. But I mean, th- this is still unit service culture to the mm-hmm. commandant said, you know, there's things that, that force design's not gonna change. And I, I think this is one of them. And you just don't, I mean, you just have other services that don't, you don't even have to qualify on the range. Every yeah, year. So maybe that, that's that could be, that could be some of it. But, and, but again, there's a lot of things that we do in the Marine Corps that people are like, oh, well, that's a really good idea. We should do that. So maybe, maybe, maybe later on down the road.
0: Well, uh, gentlemen, again, thank you so much for coming in. Uh, Colonel Jones, Gunnar Costa. this has been fantastic. It's super informative. And uh, yeah, for our listeners, um, you can uh, go to your, uh, you have a weapons training battalion
1: website. Yes, Facebook page. uh, Marine Corps shooting team has an Instagram page. gunner has got.
2: So I have a SharePoint site. Um, It's like following through the battalion's website. nothing on AMTV is on there and that's like purposeful okay because it's a public website yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, it's not
0: well you there's been some articles uh, i think marine times did some or maybe it was on arq Uh, possibly yeah yeah Yeah. but uh yeah this is really great um and i'm excited to see maybe we'll get you guys back on and uh you know this time next year something we could see yeah sure a little more data collection
1: yep and we talked about testing with uh mct and uh, as, as gunner says uh, you don't when you work with john costa you don't need to be funny because he's funny for <laughs> er, enough for everybody <laughs> but uh, like first world problems one of the things as we close out and again thanks for having us we owe we owe a marksmanship campaign plan like just to keep ourselves yep. honest we've we've not even taken uh the lethality based targets over to the pistol range we should do that right especially um so there's just a lot of stuff to do and, and things that we've tasked ourselves with um and so yeah it would definitely be great um to come back and, and talk to you about that because it's, it's an exciting time to be a weapons training battalion for sure. We sure. We're going to be busy for a while. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yes, nothing doesn't get any easier.
0: All right, well, gentlemen, thank you so much. Thank and you. Uh, yep. yeah, awesome. we'll be in touch. Thank you. Scuttlebutt is a production of the Marine Corps Association. I am William Truding, but you've also heard the voices or contributions of Vic Rubel, USMC retired, Anthony Lichman, or Ty Frazier. The opinions expressed in this episode do not reflect the official stance of the Marine Corps, DOD, or Marine Corps Association.